He doesn't think I can speak loudly enough. No, I'm just deaf. I need somebody. <laughs> God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him won't perish but will have eternal life. God didn't send his son into the world to judge the world, but the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him isn't judged. Whoever doesn't believe in him is already judged because they don't believe in the name of God's only son. This is the basis for judgment. The light came into the world, and the people love darkness more than the light, for their actions are evil. All who do wicked things hate the light, don't come to the light, but fear that their actions will be exposed in the light. Whoever does the truth comes to the light so it can be seen that their actions were done in God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So this morning's sermon, as I said, is the beginning of a new series titled Gratefulness. And I think when you think about it, when you think about gratefulness, gratefulness can be our attitude, our outlook on the world around us. And gratefulness can generate within us an expression, an expression of generosity. It's a series that's hopefully going to, over the next four weeks, lead lead us to better understand gratefulness in our lives and how that is realized. And And today, to see it as a reality in how we are people who reflect the image of God that is in in all of us. That God's image in us is an image of gratefulness. How many of you have ever seen the, the video album, it's on the internet, on Facebook, of owners and their pets? Especially the ones who evidently look like each other. Have any of you ever seen that? It's pretty humorous to look at all these pictures of folks that are walking around with their pets and they look an awful lot alike. Have you guys seen that before? Yeah, it's pretty funny to look at. And you think about who it is that all of us as people look like. Who do you look like? Right? If you think about it, who do you look like? For some odd reason, periodically, people stop me on the street and they say, you look like someone famous, right? And consistently over and over I hear the same name. You want to guess who it is? Anybody got any guesses? No? No guesses? Huh? For some odd reason, people think I look like Alec Baldwin. Lord, help me. Alec Baldwin, of all people, why couldn't it be anybody else that has a better reputation than our society? Somebody else, right? Alec Baldwin, for some odd reason. Who do you look like? 
If you think about it, who do you really look like? If you looked in the mirror, right? We all know that there is a biological element to our lives. We are the the progenitors of those who are our parents, the male and the female. Their genes mix, and we're the outcome of that. And for some of us, the genetics are pretty strong on one side of our family or the other. We might look like our father. We might look like our mother. For others of us, we may have recessive genes that come out, and we don't look like either one of our parents. They wonder where we came from, right? Some of you might know what that means. But we wonder, you know, when we look in the mirror, who do you look like? Many of us appreciate the fact that we look like our parents. Other of us, maybe not. We don't like that. But when you think about it, most of us can't afford and we probably don't believe in getting plastic surgery. We just wish that we could start all over in some form or fashion. Who do you look like? Let me ask a different question. Who do you act like? Who is it that people say you act like in your life. I have cousins that live in the North Texas area. Any of you ever been to the North Texas area before? They talk a little funny in the North Texas area, right? You know, they got this kind of southern draw in North Texas. Sounds like it's antithetical or odd, but if you ever go down there and you listen to them, they have a peculiar way of talking in that region. During the summers, we all used to spend time at my great-grandparents' farm in Butler, and we'd be there for several days, and we'd be at a chance to hang around one another. And inevitably, at the end of our time together, one of us would walk away talking like the other. And seldom did my Texas cousins ever go home speaking Yankee, right? It it was always us nondescript, accented Missourians who'd come home talking like Texans with our North Texas Southern drawl, right? Think about who it is that you act like. For some of us, we act like those who are the negative influences in our lives. We have a a friend or a family member that is just bent on being negative about everything in the world and it it sometimes influences us and often we can find ourselves repeating them and you think, oh my goodness, I just said X, Y, Z that my friend says all the time. Others of us, we have more positive influences in our life and we find ourselves emulating them. We find ourselves saying the same things. We are, are positive in our nature. We act like those who influence us. I would say that one part of every single one of us that hopefully we all believe in and recognize is is that we were all created in the image of God. But in our human brokenness, that image is distorted in different ways. Ultimately, though, I would say this. God does not desire for us to remain In that broken state, rather, God desires that we be born anew, that we be transformed, and that the image of God, that pure image of God, come forth in every single one of us. If you think about the storyline of the scripture that was read for us this morning, that's the conversation that is happening between a man named Nicodemus and Jesus. Nicodemus was a religious leader of his day, and he heard that Jesus was in town, so he decided to come visit him. But he came to visit him at night because he didn't want any of his other religious friends to see him going to see Jesus, right? And so he shows up, and in this encounter with Jesus, he says to him, 
You must be a person that God resides with because of all these miracles that you do. It must be evident that God is with you. Jesus doesn't say to him, well, thank you for the compliment, right? Jesus instead says to Nicodemus, unless you are born anew, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Anybody else besides me find that to be a rather curious way to reply to Nicodemus? It's like, what in the world? That's kind of out of left field, Jesus. What do you mean by that? And then Nicodemus asks a follow-up question. He's like, well, how in the world can anybody be born anew? How can I crawl back into my mother's womb? It's not physically possible for me to do so. Because Nicodemus' mindset was the biological world. He's like, there's no way that this can happen. But Jesus is talking to him about a different reality. Jesus is talking to him about the spiritual nature of something happening within you. That God grips a heart, grabs a hold of us, makes us anew so that the image of God can come forth in us. Jesus carries on this conversation with Nicodemus and says it is about spiritual rebirth. To be awakened to the fact that God has given his only son so that you might have life. So that light might come into your world, pierce the darkness of who you are, so that God's image might come forth. Unfortunately, for many of us, we're like Nicodemus. We find ourselves operating so much in the biological world, and we give in to the biological world and its way of thinking. We act like the biological world. The biological world is a world that is predicated on fear and insecurity as its prevalent attitudes and its emotions. I've got one question I'm going to ask you to test my theory on that. How many of you are perfectly comfortable with the current presidential climate and our elections that are coming up? Anybody here? A little fear and insecurity going on? I should probably see everybody raising their hands at that point, right? All of us are nervous about what's transpiring in our current political sphere. I've got the perfect bumper sticker in mind. It would say, it's November 9th, 2016. Mulligan. If you don't know what a mulligan is, ask a golfer. It means do-over. That's what a mulligan is, right? I think all of us are going to get to Wednesday after the elections and probably half of us or more of us are going to be wanting to do this all over again. That's our fear, our insecurity about things that are going on in the world around us. It finds itself rearing its head in other things, racial tensions, political climate, economic circumstances. Many of us find ourselves operating in the biological world. But God says if we want to see the kingdom that is coming here and now, we have to be born anew. We have to be awakened in some way. That God wants us to be born anew so that we might see the things of this world, the blessings in our lives, and the blessings around us. If anything, the musical piece that you just heard, Meditation, ought to cause you to pause and think about the simple beauty of things in this world. And from it, be grateful. 
We ought to also know that God supplies our every basic need. That there is a level of safety and security from God's provision for each and every one of us. That our cups are really full, dear friends, when God meets those basic kinds of needs. And for many of us, our cups are overflowing because we have more than enough to meet our basic needs. And from that, gratitude should be wellspring within us, should be growing and overflowing And it should cause us to act differently in the world. To be generous with all that God has blessed us with. Our attitude of gratefulness to God should manifest itself in specific behaviors of generosity. And in this we reflect that God's image is being restored in every single one of us. So whose image are you reflecting to the world? The biological or the spiritual? The world of insecurity and fear or the world of gratitude and generosity? I want to share with you two contrasting stories, hopefully that maybe kind of bring this point to home. Recently, if you did not know this, there was a survival expo here in Kansas City. It was up at the Kansas City Expo Center up by the airport. It was a two-day event. And you could have gone to this and they would have sold you survival equipment for the coming Armageddon. You would have been prepared for all the disaster that's evidently coming. You could buy all the products that you would need to survive nuclear war, invasion, anarchy, and even the zombie apocalypse. Right? If you wanted to go. But this is my opinion. My opinion is simply this. These kinds of events play right into the biological world of each one of us. Our fears and our insecurities. But God wants to draw us into something different. Draw us out of fear and insecurity and into the safety and the comfort of God who provides all things. And from that to be gracious and to have a life of gratitude. In the same year that Mary Lou and John joined St. John's United Methodist Church, another couple moved from St. Louis to Kansas City. And in their move, they found a home, a bank, and a church, St. John's. Actually, they moved their membership from St. John's in St. Louis to St. John's here in Kansas City. I guess they liked the name. just wanted to stay with it. It's easier for them to remember, right? They became members of St. John's and quickly acclimated to the community of faith, were integrated into it, became stalwarts of this church. They were here Sunday after Sunday, year after year. They were faithful servants of the community. They gave in every capacity that they could possibly give, and they were leaders by example. Almost a year ago, I had the privilege of leading their combined memorial service. They passed about a month between each one of them. There's several things from their story that I could share with you, but here's one particular thing that I would like to leave with you today. Both of them experienced in their lives a spiritual renewal and awakening, and it was evident in the people that they were and their legacy. They also wanted to make sure that they had a faith witness, a lasting faith witness, not only in their life, but even after their lives. And so as the sorting out of their estate began and it took shape, we were notified as a church 
that somewhere in their planning process, they named St. John's United Methodist Church in Kansas City as their fourth child. They had three adult children. And instead of dividing their estate into thirds, they divided their estate into four. Elmer and Clarice Dennis lovingly and graciously, in gratitude for all that they had experienced with you, their church community, left a living and long legacy through their act of gratitude and generosity. Why? I think because the image of Christ was restored in them. The image of God became full in them and gratitude welled up in them And as such, they gave a lasting gift to their community of faith, one that they could be remembered for even after death. So ask yourself this question today. Who do you look like? Who do you act like? Who does the world see in and through you? As we move away from our time together, here's a couple of thoughts to hang on to, what we call conversation points for our guests, some things to maybe be in conversation with uh, members of your family this afternoon. But simply remember these things. Remember that we are all part of this human world. We all have human parents. We are part of the biological world around us. And sometimes we look like the biological world and we act like the biological world around us. Jesus tells us all that we can be born anew, and in that the Spirit of God can work in our hearts, refresh the image of God that can create for us gratitude, and that that can be the hallmark and the centerpiece of our lives, a gratitude that God intends for us to live out as generosity. So here's your invitation for this morning for you to consider and to pray upon. Maybe it starts for some of us with this idea of what it means for God to restore his image in us, to be born anew, to accept God's gift of love that is for every single one of us and to experience spiritual renewal in our lives, or maybe to reaffirm that in our lives. Today is the day to receive that gift from God. Or for those of us who have been born anew to really assess who it is that we act and look like, Is gratitude growing in our hearts because the image of God is being restored? Is generosity an evident of that? For those of us who want to be born anew or simply want to reclaim Jesus' promise of rebirth, I'm going to invite you to pray silently for a moment and then hear this pastoral prayer. So let us now come to a moment of prayer. So gracious and holy God, I believe in my heart that you are merciful, that you forgive us of our sins. We ask that you forgive each of us of our own. And we claim the promise made at our baptisms that by the water and the Spirit we are born anew. This is your free gift that we wholly accept today. So we ask, O God, that you create in us an understanding that we are blessed, that our cups are more than full, that they are overflowing, and that we should be grateful 
that gratitude should be the centerpiece of our lives. And from the foundation of gratitude, we pray that you teach us to be generous, especially to your work in this world. May we reflect your renewed image in us. For all this we pray in the name of Jesus the Christ, who is our Lord and Savior. Amen.